0: No bantering? Really?
1: I was being nice.
2: This, this is serious.
0: Yeah, wow. This no, was very serious. We're not supposed to be This serious. was a very serious like, entry. I mean... Well, you wow. could have
1: started it. You didn't do anything. Look, you didn't I can't always
0: it. play the the what do you call the Chester. But that the Chester. is your.
1: can That's your role. That's your role. No,
0: I, that is your role. That is your role. It's one of them, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to be the one all the time.
1: Hello, Soul Questers. Thanks for joining us again, and Chester. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again for our. Part two of Dr. Brian Ruther's interview.
0: Yay. It's great to be here. I wish,
1: we need to have like that side. What do you side effect? No, no
0: we do have a side effect that goes like this. That a collapse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We haven't tested it out yet. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, wow. Well, Should we test it out right now? Super, nah, no, we'll no, no, no. We'll do it another time. Uh, another, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but we're super happy to have you back. It's great to be back. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting to continue a very exciting. Con- we left on we left off on a very we left off on a high note. High yeah.
0: note, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: We're gonna end on a, a powerful, high note. Note, powerful, powerful note. Very yeah. powerful. I thought note. So. Absolutely, I thought so. yes. So, yeah, let's
1: yeah? let's continue.
0: Yeah, let's do well,
2: let's this. Let's
1: continue. Let's continue.
0: All right. Oh, you want me to go? That's the cue. Like, go ahead and get started.
1: You start. I started, now you continue as that. <laughs> I, like,
0: I love your delegation skills. That's
1: right. <laughs> I'm a delegator.
0: So just to recap a little bit from our first episode, you know, we talked about a lot of things, kind of like your path mm-hmm. and the choices that you had to make um, and those fork, fork on the roads um, that allow you to become a doctor in um, clinical psychology and, and some of your experiences in that field as well and, and kind of like the relation to the individual and, uh, and the big picture in society as a whole and uh, the struggle of those two uh, entities, uh, which is a very, uh, it's an ongoing process of mm-hmm. development, right? Yep. And you, men- you mentioned something last time about dialectics, I believe it was
2: he yeah, had dialectics I, dialectics I, yeah, yeah, i'm sorry yeah, dialectics, and i just
0: wanted yeah. to kind of like i wanted to start on that point um because that is a topic that i know that you 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 enjoy yeah yeah, yeah i want to he's passionate about passionate this. about it and Very i want to I, so. I, I want our audience to like understand more about what it is where it comes from and and why is that important for for our individual quest and for us to understand that either within ourselves but also within the culture
2: right yeah i had ref- in, in the first episode um i had spoken about dialectics in my life as far as like sort of this rebellion almost chaotic aspect and then the order aspect Mm -hmm. right and so what i mean by dialectics is really just dualities Mm -hmm. so it's you know it's the like the good and the bad or the good and evil or whatever right yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) and that's what i mean and i think that part of um and you know, this is this is very much from the existential literature. I think Carl Jung actually talks about this extensively. Yes, he does. In the in the idea that in a lot of different situations in our life, whether it be our thoughts, our behaviors, who we are, we face these dualities. Mm-hmm. Right. And in, in it even apparent to me that in certain kinds of actions or activities or behaviors that we engage in, uh, it's it's possible that they have a, a good outcome, mm-hmm. right? That's really beneficial to you and even adaptive, or it could be have something that gets in the way. Correct. You know? Yeah. Um. I mean, I was I was recently speaking to a number of um law enforcement officers, and uh, you know, one of the skills right that they develop, and I think that human beings develop, is this ability to compartmentalize things. Mm-hmm. And in a certain sense, compartmentalizing things in your life, right being able to file it away, put it aside, maybe bury it a little bit can be really adaptive, right? Especially mm-hmm. if it's something that's painful or difficult to deal with or something like that. But at the same time, you're not facing it, you're not dealing with it. Yeah. You know, and you're closing yourself off to a part of yourself. Correct. And in a certain sense limiting yourself. That is so true, way, right?
1: Yeah, it is because you know, you you want you you were you saw my event, my interview. Mm-hmm. So I experienced a trauma and I buried it and I buried it for a long time and it surfaced at certain points in my life. You know what I mean? And when you don't, and that's what I did, I just chose not to face it. And so facing it was sort of, it was difficult, but it wasn't, but I, but it was, but I, even when I was trying to face it in those moments, it was very sort of, I'm just going to, you know what? I'm, I don't need to, I'm good. I can just, kept kept burying it you know until finally i did face it and it's you know so that makes sense to me yeah
2: yeah yeah and 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 so like and then branching out from just that particular point is that you know we face these various dualities in our life right Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes they're there to protect us uh and they can be very beneficial and adaptive and other times they can be they can get in the way and be Mm -hmm. and, and prevent us from growing Yep. you know
1: right which is what i'm trying to allude exactly, to like yeah. not facing it all these years right, right and then and and burying it was that duality yeah. not you know what i mean yeah. and so i i can relate to that yeah because on the know. one
2: hand it was it it, it protected you right it, it was course. able for you to be able to function let's say right right um, sort of yeah sort of right sort of you know function it was and manageable yeah manageable right yeah. um mm-hmm. what i mean what i mean by that is is function insofar as that it you know you didn't it protected you so you didn't collapse. You didn't just fall into despair. You didn't, you know, at that point, that's the idea there. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah know? I,
1: but, I, but I would, I would say that there were moments that I did collapse, Right. but I didn't collapse in front of other people. Right. It right, was right, an, right. in my own space. Yeah. And then I built myself back up and swept it under the right. rug and said, okay, I got this. I I'm good. You know, yeah. thinking that I dealt with it, but not really dealing with it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And this is one of the reasons why. You know, uh, one of the things we had talked about. I think late in the last, um, in the first, in the first episode of mine, they we, we were talking about the pain and the pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that was pain, right? That, that's what you were confronting.
1: Yeah, it still and, is, <laughs> and it's still right. And it,
2: it's it's ongoing, mm-hmm. it's ongoing pain. And in confronting, in order for you to really be able to, in a way, become who you are. Who you, who you want to become right you have to confront that pain yeah and so that so the model of maximizing pleasure and minimizing pain which is oftentimes what we're kind of go-to strategies for you know maybe how we're socialized yeah isn't really what what has to happen now that's a lot easier said than that obviously of course but confronting that pain um is is really an important part of that learning process mm-hmm. you know?
0: One of the things that this is a perfect conversation to segue into a new venture, something new that you're doing, which is getting your doctorate in philosophy. Right, correct? (laughs) Because getting a
1: doctorate in, or getting your PsyD, because you're a psychologist, Mm -hmm. and then that just wasn't enough pain. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about pain, right? Pain. So you decided to embark on this other aspect.
0: But but it it, was, so obviously, there was a, you had another question, another why question which led you to this. And I always loved personally as a layman, I love the merge of mythology and philosophy um, because it I believe that encompasses a lot of the same themes um, in terms of the individual in relation to society. Um, so one of the things that you both were talking about is the things that we choose to avoid mm. um, eventually become part um, of our monsters that happened inside, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned Carl Jung and he talks about the anima, the animus, um, the self, the ego, the and, shadow and the, sh- ah, the, the shadow. shadow right? and the shadow. So Omar said in.
1: in- and I don't know if you've been able to watch it yet, but in his interview and, and, and nobody's watched it yet, but one of the things that he said is that he's confronted his shadow. Right. His well friends uh, with his shadow. We're
0: familiar with each other. Really? You uh, said
1: you were friends. We'll, I think you said friends. Maybe we'll, I'm wrong. Yeah, anyway, we're kind of whatever.
0: friends, you know. Yeah. I need him he needs he needs his time to play and stuff, you know, and he gets his time. But can you <laughs> can you talk about that particular aspect uh, because it is something that that if we suppress it for too long and we confront when we don't confront it both as an individual and as a society, it's something that can manifest in our lives in a very negative way and in a very destructive way right and how so how do we go how does a person just a regular average person is able to identify oh my god, that duality um that that positive impulse the negative impulse is within me mm hmm and I had the potential to destroy or create.
2: How does a person come to terms with that and how do they deal with that? Right. I mean, that's that's one of the, I think, one of the most challenging things, aspects, you know, journeys that a person can can embark upon, right? I mean, look, the shadow, I mean, if you think about it from a Jungian standpoint, right, the shadow is uh, a source of darkness, you know, Um you know we we see the shadow archetype in popular culture in a variety of different figures right mm-hmm. we see uh, you know, going to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Darth right? Vader. Darth Vader, right? The Joker, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, the, the Joker, yes. I would say the Joker's also the trickster. Uh, that adds to to, that's to, true. to He's, a, to another, a, archetype. Right? He's another, yeah, another archetype. Yeah, another, we can talk about that one another yes, time. A, yeah. yeah, that's another. But time. there's elements of, of right, of, the, of of that. So, but also we have, uh, from, a, from a more religious content uh, context, we have um, uh, Satan, Yes, right, you know, so so yes. the evil part, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have a lot of um, interesting um, basis for that dark side of humanity. Mm-hmm. Really, is that sh- the response for the shadow? At the same time, then this is the duality. This is the dialectic, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. There's the 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 positive outcropping of the shadow, in so far as the source of creativity. Yes. And here it is, right? So if you look at like some of the most Interesting works of art, music, yeah, and the creative endeavors, you know, literature, mm-hmm. right? It comes from pain. It comes from a yes. darkness, oh, yeah, yeah right. Sure, and sure. that's a way that you know folks have been able to, in a certain sense, meet their shadow mm-hmm. to be able to create. Um, I think what Carl Rogers calls it, a novel relational product. What he basically means is like something that's new and fresh, yeah, that is relational in a sense that it connects with other people, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, for example, you know, we listen to a song and we can feel the pain that the person experienced because it's our yeah. pain. Because yeah. it's our, yes. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So then that leads me to that. That that leads me into these themes, right? In both religion, mythology, philosophy. Right. It, it transcends uh, cultures. It transcends races. I mean, I could look at a, uh, a Nordic mythology right now And see the exact same parallels with the Aztecs, at the Incas, you know, or or, and vice versa with other cultures. Mm -hmm. So inherently, is this something that is talking about our humanity as a whole, and in the macro sense, you know, but also in the individual sense?
2: Right. Human beings are storytellers. Correct. You know, I think this is this is important. One way that we attempt to understand what the actual hell's going on around us right mm-hmm. is by trying to tell a story about it yes and i also think that's one of the reasons why one of the one of the issues that we face with modern societies i think we stopped listening to stories mm-hmm. uh and i'll give you an example of this you know historically uh cross-culturally and and i'm there's certainly a lot of the cultures that still engage in this practice and i'm speaking in a more broad way in kind of a western um, tradition here, um, Western sort of modern tradition here, but one of the ways that you were able to transfer or transmit a cultural knowledge was through the elders of a particular group. Yes. Right. And this is part of the storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, an oral history is another way of thinking about it. Um, and what you see now is how do we treat our elder population?
0: Oh, here? partly. You know? We, we want to just keep them aside. That's right.
2: They, they don't exist. And I actually think that that's part of our fear of death. Yes. Right? Okay. We, we want to separate ourselves away from, because they represent the end of life. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so we stop listening to them. Mm-hmm. We say, oh, there's, there's grandpa going on about that thing again. You just ignore him kind of wow. thing. You know, <laughs> and, and you're losing an oral history there, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that is one sign, I think, of a society who, that is starting to lose meaning. Yeah, is that we're we're starting to lose sight and lose um, contact with our storytellers? Mm -hmm. You know, again, not all, not all. You know, there's certainly pockets of culture that still embrace that particular view, but I think by and large, I mean, you know, look at the the amount of the the elderly, the elder population that are um, institutionalized in some format, right? Some fashion, right? Yeah. So you know,
0: so so from a psychologist standpoint, a philosopher's standpoint. And someone that looks at the big picture. Right. How is a society able to maintain and progress and evolve if the stories that we have told ourselves to create meaning in our lives are no longer there? And what we have in their, in their place are stories or anecdotes about financial success, primarily uh, status status. And things of that nature. Where, wh- what does the future hold for a society, a, a gl- our global society, that is devout of meaning because we don't share a common story anymore?
2: Right. Yeah. And you know, I think that's actually a good point. You, you, it's not that we, perhaps, maybe we've stopped listening to some stories, mm-hmm. maybe meaningful ones, mm-hmm. and we've adopted other stories, other stories, right? Right. That's what other, I was right? Thinking, and that's yeah. uh, that's probably a better way of thinking yeah, about it. Definitely. And so that you know, there's these storylines of, you know, the you know, you need to make the most money mm-hmm. as quickly as possible kind of thing. Yeah, right? that's the story. Um, I don't know what the trajectory is. I mean, I have a crystal ball back at home. Um, I should have brought it perhaps. <laughs> the eight
1: ball, the one that you... Uh,
2: the eight ball. I actually have a crystal ball. Um, Do you really? Yeah, yeah. So maybe... Uh, yeah? maybe
1: we had the eight ball. We weren't... Yeah. Yeah. Eight ball.
2: Uh, I wish I could predict the future. Maybe I don't wish I could predict the future in, no. in a certain sense. But the idea there is, as I don't know what a society like, I mean, in a certain sense, we've we're in, in kind of unprecedented times, mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. Uh, I know that um, if we keep on a current trajectory, it probably will last. It'll, it'll probably be increase in its in, in being problematic. In problematic. I, mean, yeah. I, I just I, I don't see. It's hard for me to, see, especially with the crisis in meaning that we spoke about in the last yeah. time, right? I don't know if that solves the crisis with meaning.
1: It How, how, do, how yeah. can it? So, yeah.
2: yeah. So that, that, I don't, I, I wish, I don't, I can't predict the future, but I, I, I can't imagine the trajectory is mm-hmm. particularly um, favorable or positive in so, that sense.
0: So then, it, 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 and again, um, I don't, I, I personally, I don't believe that the, uh, the the myth and the stories that were told in the past through religion and any any religion are, are no longer uh, as powerful as they once were. And right. we are devout of meaning. So it is, to me, my conclusion, um, and the reason for a soul's quest is that I feel that it's up to the individual to make and understand that process and their place in it. For, is that is that something that you share, or is it something that you feel that has to be both from the individ, the individual to take that that role, um, or is it something that has to be done as a collective?
2: Yeah, so I think it's the answer is both. Okay, um, I think that you know from a cultural from a social standpoint, there's a certain um, assortment of narratives, right? A certain assortment of stories that are available. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that, you know, as we are a kind of, a, as we're a cultured, you know, we adopt, you know, yeah. when we talk about being thrown into the world. We have to kind of
0: figure out where we yeah. are
2: and make sense of things. You know, mm-hmm. um, I didn't necessarily, when I first started speaking a language, I didn't necessarily choose that language I started speaking, right? It just sort of happened into it, happened into it right? Into, yeah. Yes. I was kind of born into it, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I had to kind of make sense of it around me and then make sense of, you know, other aspects of that of who didn't speak that language uh-huh. et cetera and so on and so forth right yeah so there's like that particular framework to to go from and i think part of this has to do with in a way of connecting to those social narratives construct uh, those social stories mm-hmm. right uh recognizing what they are and then then choosing them again mm-hmm. as the individual so, for example, like, and this is, this is kind of the beauty of, of um, how we can kind of construct our own meanings in life is that we can certainly take uh, a variety of different cultural narratives. We can take, you know, people come from all different backgrounds, right? Correct. And you yeah. can customize a lot of different parts of your story. Mm-hmm. And so I think that part of it is recognizing what you grew up in, in and a certain respect for that kind of tradition in a way, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, without being a full-fledged traditionalist yeah. in this sense, right? Gotcha. So respecting that, but also being re- rebellious enough to be able to craft your own version of it. Yes. So that if I want to be associated with this group of people or that group of people or have this particular meaning or that particular meaning, it's the meaning that I chose mm-hmm. and the one that wasn't forced on me right. or given to me. You have that, that, kind that freedom of to, yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and so if I can just add one more thing to that, I think part of that ingredient has to be ownership. hmm it's so, so yes. owning it uh, owning certain- your decision so that, right. yeah. so that
0: will go back to the individual owning that decision yeah. and making right. making uh, uh um making those choices because you make conscious you, decision. right yeah, conscious it's- decisions because you said that our lives are a constant fork in the road <laughs> right and and, yeah. and right can you explain explain more on that because it alludes to this that yeah. is the, it's the person it's the it's the individual soul yeah that that is responsible for the change
2: of the collective, right? So I, I want to just like back up one, like ever so <laughs> slightly there. because yeah. you said you know it's kind of a conscious decision that assumes that the that you're conscious to begin with. Oh, okay. And and I'm not. It's not apparent to me that just because you're awake that you're conscious.
0: Oh, okay. I would
1: 100% agree with I,
2: that.
0: I want. Can you clarify that a little bit?
1: If I'm on the same track that you're on, yeah. I would 100% agree. With yeah. That. Yeah. I was sure. talking yeah. about this in in our in our introductory mm-hmm. when we first put a soul's quest out there. And I told you, we had a conversation about um, the the purpose of a soul's quest. And one of the things that we talked about was the fact that in the morning, I get in my vehicle and I drive to work. Yes. And I'm only relating it to this because this is what I'm... Yeah. Um, there are moments where time passes by and I'm uh-huh. like, what the hell did I just do? Mm-hmm. Like, where was I? What, what, what just happened? Did I, exp- I didn't experience that. Like I arrived here, yep. but I didn't have an experience to get to this place. Yeah. Oh, wow. So like I'm driving in my vehicle to go to work and I'm like, wait, did I just go through all these lights and I'm here already? Like. 10 it takes me 10 minutes to get to work Mm -hmm. 10 minutes already passed by you understand what i'm saying that is like being sort of like i feel like i'm not awake
2: yeah good right so in 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 psychology in in sort of the framework i'm we call that dissociation and Mm -hmm. and i don't you know i'm dissociating right to go to work (laughs) and it's and it's not And dissociation is one of those dualities right in a certain sense that Some dissociative experiences can be really, really beneficial. Like for example, daydreaming. Oh, I love Um, daydreaming. I like daydreaming. Daydreaming is a as a mental vacation. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a create creative outlook. But then you also talked about it in the context of actually. There's a phenomenon called highway hypnosis, where you lose time when you're driving. Yeah. Oh, there's a literature on it. Yep. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it's where you just space out, right? And you know, it's it's in a in a certain way, it's. It's scary because you're saying, well, "Wait a second! I operated a uh, a, a thousand-plus-pound vehicle, uh-huh. yes. and I have no recollection of doing such a thing." Wow, right? Uh, but yeah, you got there safely, you know, right. and abided by all the rules and everything, yes. you know. So Stopped. It's, Did, yeah. it's part of our overlearned behaviors, right? It's it's a part of a kind of a muscle memory, what we uh-huh. would consider a procedural memory,
1: okay. um,
2: from a um, from sort of a a, bi- uh, a biological standpoint, procedural memory, right? Uh, now, go, kind of going back to that dissociative aspect though, you know, there's that part where it's good, right? That duality, there's daydreaming. I can yeah. choose to do that, right? But it's when we don't choose or we we fail to choose in the sense of like, I just space out, you know? And this gets into really uh, significant and serious versions of, of dissociation, which are more clinically relevant, but we can talk about that another time. Right. But where and that's exactly what I'm talking about as far as being conscious. So what we... Probably mean by that is something like increasing your presence, yeah, you know being more present in your daily life
0: so, so how does a person that uh goes to work let's say a person's person that manages other people or leads other people uh that tends to be focused on the outcomes and all that type of stuff how does a person like that become conscious of what they're doing because they sometimes make decisions that are automatic devout of the importance of how we make other people feel or, or how it affects other people. How does a person make a choice like that?
2: There's a very, I have a very like simple retort to that, right? Okay. Is to not focus on outcomes and focus on processes. Okay.
1: Well, that's pretty, that's that, I mean, simple. that's my, that's my <laughs> real like
2: simple, you know, sort of, but that makes sense, you know, retort to your, you know, yeah. Um, because you know, one of the things that you're saying there is like, "Hey, I'm so I'm a leader. I'm you know involved in this managerial position or whatever. I'm making decisions, and I'm I'm just I'm just hell bent on these certain outcomes. Outcome mm-hmm. after outcome after outcome. And what you do is you get so ends focused yeah. that you just completely disregard the means. And, yeah, and, but that
0: happens to parents as well,
2: right? And 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 this is the point, right? This is the really important point, right? And this uh-huh. is this is like. There are human. There's a human cost in the means. Yes, correct. Right? Whether it's in a leadership position where you're running a company or a business, or when your parents raising children, mm-hmm. there's a human cost in the means. And I think that's something that we fail to to recognize, especially with a society that's so focused on commodification.
0: Okay, so uh, one of the movements that I see in our society right now is the this focus on mindfulness, and um, there's a big. Uh, Emphasis in a lot of our institutions to focus on mind, focus on, minds, on mindfulness, um, but I feel that 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 um, that is is important to understand that because it's something that I asked you previously about making choices. You know? Right, right, and right. It's like I use life is a continuous uh, choice making in any moment, and sometimes we don't want to make those choices. But there's a, is it's important for us to be aware and mindful. Can you elaborate more on that?
2: Yeah, I think some of that has to a lot of that has to do with um the previous comment that Jesse made, mm-hmm. right? As far as if you find yourself just kind of coasting through, spaced out, not really connected to what you're doing, mm-hmm. uh you know, you don't have this presence. And so, you know, yes, you're right. Mindfulness is an important um topic, concept whatever that's been really uh you know, that's been talked about much more recently. I mean, there's a long spiritual and philosophical tradition that goes into mindfulness. Correct. Yeah. That may be another conversation as far as being able to pay proper, you know, credence and attribute to that particular movement mm-hmm. um, because it's been thousands of years. I mean, yes. You know, it's something mm-hmm. that we just, I mean, in a certain sense, something that we co opted to a certain extent. Yes. That be it as it may, right? It, I think the message is still important there that we can benefit from being more present, present. right yeah. so that we are able to more actively and more agentically mm-hmm. cho- choose in our lives so that we are able to recognize when we are, we're we're at those crossroads which i think are just we're always at that crossroads <laughs> in yeah. life. we're always at a crossroads at some point in mm-hmm. other words there's always a decision that has to be made whether that is what i choose to eat for dinner tonight mm-hmm. right or if it's um a, a larger decision, yes. you know, about my path in life, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it, whatever it might be, yeah. um, or even choices like, you know, uh, just kind of it made me think about the dinner thing. It's just like, do I choose to, um, go steal for food because yeah. I don't have access to it? Right. Yeah. And another thing, that, yeah. the choice you have to make too, yeah. from a from a, a contrast in society, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. A, that, that's a reality for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I think you know that presence. Uh, which is what I'm thinking about mindfulness is is important to recognize those choices that you have um probably even better put the ways that you can respond to situations that you find yourself in yeah because like again I, I think I mentioned this in the first episode where there's a, just a lot of situations you don't have choice yes right yeah you know and and, and, and I, I don't want to come off as this as a person who says, oh, you know, you always have choice for everything, right? A radical choice. It's not no. not so much. I think I think the vast majority of situations, you, you don't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. But where your choice does exist is the way you respond to things. The respond to, yes. Right. And I think that presence is important for you to be able to respond so that you can recognize that crossroads. And I want to point out something else you mentioned there, too, is that... Being able to choose, but also recognize the reality that you're not choosing is a choice. Yeah. That's true. And it's very, that's a, I think that's a very important point Mm -hmm. because oftentimes people feel shackled or perhaps maybe. Um, hindered by I don't know how to make a choice I can't choose what do mm-hmm. I do those kinds of things but that inaction is a choice yeah itself so you you cannot get out this is the perennial existential issue you cannot <laughs> get out of choosing yes regardless of anything mm-hmm. yeah and I think that that presence it's so is funny important because for,
1: people yeah. say all the time that they I just didn't have a choice
2: you know a choice you yeah, yeah
1: but you're saying that people do no matter what that, that in and of itself is making a choice.
2: Right. And, 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 and again, I want to emphasize that reality that, you know, a lot of decisions, I mean, especially if you work for an institution or you mm-hmm. work for a, a company, these choices are being made by and large, but your choice to respond to it mm-hmm. is your choice, yeah. gotcha. you know, and that's where you, that's where the power lies. I think it's, um, Victor Frankel says between stimulus and a response, right. Cause and effect, there's a space. And in yeah. that space is your choice. Mm-hmm. And the focus, I think, for that presence is being able to find that space, discover it, and then just being able to expand, expand upon, upon it.
0: Expand upon it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so in essence, the, the individual, it's really, this is where he's at. This is where, <laughs> in essence, the, when the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. So if any change happens or any evolution happens, happens with the person.
2: Yes. And the, the only hesitancy I have there in what you're saying is that I really want to also emphasize the the importance of the, the individual as also a social body, Correct. as a social entity, mm-hmm. right? As a contributor to society as a contributor to cultures and contribute to that narrative, if you want to think of it that way. And so that's like my only hesitancy to say it's all reverse, you know, about the individual, mm-hmm. you know, specific to the individual and those kinds of things. I, I want to, you know, also expand to that, that this, the social being and the relational aspect of things. And, and let me, let me be a little more clear on that. The, the point I'm making here is that there's no such in a certain way it's all about the individual but there's an individual but there's also no such thing as an individual yes and the reason what I mean by that is that if you look at who you are who you are in a certain sense is made up by society your relational pro your, yeah. your, your, oh, both, your
0: both physically and mentally that's you, right you have your genes which are passed on from a collection of people and your ideas and your mentality is also a collection of of the 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 situations and the people that you come across
2: remember we had spoken about being thrown into i didn't choose you know i didn't i I just grew up speaking english i grew up you know in a particular culture Uh with a religion that was in a sense chosen for me right Mm -hmm. uh but then i think the trick in that sense it's not even a trick it's it's really the process the journey is that being able to recognize that reality Mm -hmm. that you know I'm a, I'm in a certain sense, a product of a very large relational nexus. Yes. If you want to think of it that way. And I, and and, then, being able to own those types of things. Uh, So then if I say, you know what, well, English, yes, I'm going to continue speaking that. Right. But I'm also going to learn another language as well. Right. Or I'm going to say, you know what? I don't know about that religion for me this seems to be more mm-hmm.
0: without fixed. condemning, condemning Co-
2: without. Con- right. Exactly. right, And yeah. that's the way you're carving out your particular story. Yes. You know, and that's the ownership piece.
0: There yeah. is a concept in, um, I believe is either Hinduism or Buddhism of, uh, the web of gems, you okay. know, it is a net, the net of gems sure. in which you have a gem in the center of the net and there's gems everywhere. So everything reflects e- each other. So the idea behind it is as an individual, you have the responsibility not just to yourself, but also to the collective of the net. Right. Because if you falter, there's a hole in the net. It's not as stronger as it should be. So is that, you know, the analogy that corresponds to kind of like what you are saying?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's actually uh, Jean-Paul Sartre says, when you choose, you choose for everyone. There you go. Right. So So true though. And and I think that's also the way we need to think. So, Uh you know, I'm very much about that ownership, Right. Um, I'm very much about that piece and very much about sort of the individual's pathway. Mm-hmm. But when we make our choices, there's also that, uh, in a certain sense, that ripple effect and maybe even that tidal wave effect in some cases, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where we, when we choose for ourselves, we're choosing for all, I think he actually says choosing for all mankind or humankind, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And, and how does a person go through that? Because that is a lot of responsibility. Yeah, it is.
2: You know, I mean, it's a...
1: Uh, but I don't think, but in that, when you say that, I don't think people realize that they have that responsibility and that's and really that one important of the, enough. The, well, they don't believe that. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to, that's the point that I'm trying to drive. And that's the point that we're trying to make mm-hmm. on this, for this podcast for, as a soul's quest, we're trying to say that we have that responsibility, but I don't think people realize that they have that and that that's, that they have that significance
0: within them you know what i mean and And do you see people changing and recognizing this on a regular basis
2: i sure hope so i mean you know one of the things i think that's it's incredibly awesome is elevating people's voices Mm -hmm. you know especially for folks especially for folks whose narratives have been underrepresented underutilized or undershared yeah you know um you know as being somebody who has studied a lot of different literature over the you know over the course of my uh, I guess I mean I don't know, it's relatively short life I don't know if you want to think in the in the cosmic scheme of things right <laughs> you know it, as I get into that <laughs> one. that's another episode <laughs> right, right time we're, we're just a, we're just planting seeds yes we're, we're planting seeds yeah. right.
0: time is another completely episode that we're going to talk about yes
2: yeah. yeah and so like you know it's it's the case that you know having people's narratives all be on sort of an equal playing field Mm -hmm. I think is important. So people giving voice to the voiceless, Mm -hmm. you know, I think helps folks recognize their responsibility uh, in the grand scheme of things. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, and I'll give you an institutional example, right? And in a certain, like, if you're working for a place, some of the, a, a particular place, an institution, agency, whatever it might be, you know, typically The folks that are uh, more entry level positions don't have as their voice heard as much as the people who have the fancy degrees or whatever the case is, you know, or been there for twenty years or something like that. Truth, Truth. truth, right? Truth. And so, you know, how does that? What does that? What kind of person does that generate within an institution? Right. I'm powerless. I got. I have no say. I got no stake in anything. And that's in a certain sense a microcosm for society. Yeah. Right. So people feel disempowered. They don't feel like they have agency. They don't contribute to the social good. Mm-hmm. And so by raising the voices of the voiceless mm-hmm. or raising the voices of, and it, and it's a simple thing. What I'll give you another example, right? When I, when I worked in an inpatient unit, um, I was a basically entry-level psychology person, right? So I had an advanced degree. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the first things I would go do is I would go speak to a behavioral health tech about how what was going on with all the patients in the in the in the, um, in the unit, yeah. and that behavioral health tech, which is by the way, just for those of you who may not familiar with the structure of, and you know, a, a, an inpatient unit like that, a behavioral health tech is probably the most entry level position oh.
0: mm-hmm. that
2: that exists there um, from a from a behavioral health standpoint. Yeah. And I remember when I asked the behavioral health technician, "Hey." what's going on with the, these patients over here? And they would say, well, why are you asking me? Why don't you ask the psychiatrist? Yeah. Why don't you ask the charge nurse? I would say, well, you spend the most time with them. Correct. You're the most important person here. Yeah.
0: That 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 takes That's me true. back to like, well, 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 I, well, I, well, I had the pleasure of working at schools for, for a little bit. Mm. And it reminds me of the role the janitors play. Yes. Right. Good. You know? good example. That is that. a perfect example totally. because yeah. if it was not for the janitors and a lot of people, uh, most of the people that work in, in, in schools are either migrants coming in from another country. This is mm-hmm. the, the position that they could get that is well-paying. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just looked at as servants. I mean, I've seen kids just throw food and mm-hmm. don't care. But mm-hmm. uh, these people make sure that uh, the facilities are taken care of. That everything you know? is functional. Everything is functional. Yeah. Yeah. And and they their stories are seldom heard. Um, but what would happen to that building without them? Yeah, right, right. That's yeah. Exactly so is what,
2: that kind of like a? That's exactly the point I'm making. Yeah, and you see that in various facets. But in, in that particular example, not only do you have the voice in that particular, particular position, but you also have the voice of those. Um, that particular group of individuals who may mm-hmm. not even have their voice from a social from viewpoint. A social, right, there there exactly. are no
0: unions anymore yeah, exactly, right. that, for them to, to have something of a commonality. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to a question. and I, I know that we're going to get into the ski process and we're running out of time, but this is a very good conversation. That, that leads me into, into the status <laughs> question um, because in, in situations like that, in environments like that, um, we tend to minimize people Based on the status that that, right. that they have in our society, mm-hmm. so we look at a doctor. well, Actually, not even well, doctors are just run of the mills now. They're just, but we look at celebrities and, and and people of that stature or or that quote unquote materialistic achievement as the the models for a culture, um, while all these other people. That actually really make the, the the society operate and run and move forward have no voice, and I feel that aside of um, um, in the context of of race and, and our and our conflicts when it comes to race and gender and things like that, we, we seldom look at that 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 idea of status in this society that is truly measured by material material things, right. And I feel that that's more of a detriment than gender and race at the moment, although those issues are really important. If you see the the, uh, the materialistic way of, of measuring what is called success, those people are, are, are non-existent if they don't have that status. And I see it in our culture of our youth culture the job, the objective is to make money, so that I could have the status, not to learn, not to not to answer why, not to grow as individuals, but to get to a status. You know, I always get kids telling me, you know what I, you know, I feel I feel bad because I'm 21 years old and I don't know exactly which direction I'm wanting to go with my life when my friends are in college or they already have a job. But that status situation, is that something that is really some, to me is an issue. Is that something that you believe or share or
2: Yeah, I mean I I think all of the issues that you just brought up there, um the status, the race, the cult, these are all issues I think these are very complex issues I mm-hmm. think that um are gonna take a lot of uh lot of folks to to solve, right? Okay. Or even work towards solving, right? Yeah. Um and I wouldn't even um scratch the surface right now of that right i i you know i do think that part of to to address your concern there you know there's this like kind of timeline that people have in their mind mm-hmm. that i need to have this particular you know achievement by this particular time and if i'm not falling behind mm-hmm. and uh you know you, you 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 um stack enough of those together and you get people who just absolutely feel like they're you know, lost and behind in life and those kinds of things. So anyway, so I think part of that is being able to recognize individual journeys, Mm -hmm. right? And, and being able to, to, to appreciate uh, folks on all different developmental levels, Yeah. you know, I mean, I, I work in an educational system where we don't, a lot of the students that I work, that I, that I work with, don't have uh, are not your standard like uh, i guess what 18 to 22 year old kind Mm -hmm. of right yeah uh we have many folks coming back for second careers yeah we have many folks coming back for first careers yeah right after being you know um Home builders, mm-hmm. right for the for the bulk of their and a home builder, right. And this is this is you know this is the way that they craft their narrative. I want to, I want them to craft their narrative, right? Correct, yeah. You know because it's an important thing, a role that they played yeah. uh, in their particular life at that time. So and and really valuing it, you know. Mm-hmm. So at any at any point, I think it's being able to cherish, you know, everybody's journey and everybody's path, no matter what point they are, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's one way we can at least maybe push against that status mm-hmm. look i don't want people calling me doctor call me brian it's a degree mm-hmm. you know i'm a person yeah. that's it right and that's what i want to relate to you as mm-hmm. so i anyway, know that's i think that's and, and can, yeah. that,
0: can that be can that be systematically created i mean you know we have i sure
2: hope so i don't know how to do that yeah but, i mean the only thing i can think of you know and, and i don't mean to just just jump in and respond to you that way but you know because I think about this in my the, the institutions that I engage in on mm. a daily basis, right? And so the way that I behave, the way I act, the way I comport myself, you know, I try to model that particular framework, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's the only way that I can think about it uh, is being able to be um, created and maybe even facilitated. Yeah. Is that it may, it's got to start with each every one of us. You talk about the individual responsibility and perhaps maybe that it starts to spread in that sense.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Well, I, I know that I took a lot of the time for you go to do your, the SKR reflection. <laughs> um, but is, uh, we want to have to do this again because I have way too many questions and, and, and not enough time. So, uh, so ski away.
1: Ski away. <laughs> so basically with everything that you've talked about, right. The ski are is basically about, uh, going through the, the, the process of everything that you've gone through. Right. So when we're talking about, um, solitude, which is the s of skiar like what is your perspective on that like how do people bring that home i guess is i don't even know how to phrase that but how how important is that in sort of your your journey
2: i think um at least for me right i think it's been being comfortable with silence mm. i think is an important part of that mm-hmm. because with that silence comes this um ability or at least framework or perhaps maybe even better said the conditions for the possibility that you can start to listen to yourself yes mm-hmm. and i think that's what's so exciting on the one hand mm-hmm. but also so terrifying on the other hand mm-hmm. because think about that like when it's quiet you know uh the thoughts start yeah. right, and it starts ramping up and that's oh. where we start the status questions come in and did i do enough those kinds of things right and i think that part of that is being able to be comfortable with that silence Mm -hmm. and being able to sit with that in some capacity. I know that in my own, um, when I'm training clinicians, uh, doctoral level clinicians, right. One of the things that I help really encourage them is to be comfortable in silence in their sessions with the clients. Okay. So listen, right. So they can listen to the client, but also help the client listen to themselves uh, okay. as well. Right. So I think that's the, the, the importance of the solitude pieces is, is that, you know, you can, you can access, or it's the conditions where you can access that quiet so that you can start to listen to yourself because there's a lot of noise. Yes. A lot of noise. Um, there's no uh, lack of other people entities Mm -hmm. um telling us what we need to be doing when we need to be doing it
0: so i I think we're only going to focus on the s today okay um, because of timing so i i and since solitude is something that that's really uh, i think
1: that's really relevant yeah all of this conversation and and it's easier
0: i mean it's easier for some people more than others
1: it's not easy to be quiet yes and to ignore the noise you know how people talk about meditation Mm -hmm. not easy to meditate yeah. So, so
0: how do you suggest that people start using solitude to listen to themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of your suggestions?
2: Well, I mean, I think part of it has to do with just finding your finding a place where you can access a kind of equilibrium, okay. right? Uh, and and this might and and you know. It, I, I I work a lot with it. I don't have time, you know, this, right. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I always challenge folks. It's like, well, how much time do you spend on your phone? <laughs> right. And if you could just borrow some of that time, yeah. right, you can find anyway. Yeah. So that, that's, the, that's the, my, that's my pushback. Borrow uh-huh. Right. You can borrow time from yeah, your phone time, that's whatever. Funny. <laughs> but the idea here is that, you know, it's, it's being able to find, um, a find or make time, mm-hmm. right. Protect time. Yeah. No one's going to, no one's going to say, Hey, Omar, you know, you need some time. You need some time. Here it is, right? Or yeah. Jesse, here's some time. Here it is, right? No one's no one's going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to protect your own time. And that could be, you know, uh, a that could be a vacation, it could be a day off, or mm-hmm. it could be 5 minutes yeah. in the car in between work and picking up the kids.
0: Yeah. And a person that's beginning to 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 find that solitude
2: and they're going to
0: be bombarded with uh A plethora of thoughts. (laughs) How do they manage that, right? uh, For the beginners, because that's one of the
2: hardest things that uh, uh, to be able to uh, to do. Well, you have another uh, another episode time to be able to embark on that. I I was going to say, how
1: do you get rid of the noise? But just
2: just a couple of tips, just (laughs) for them, so so people could get started. Yeah, good. How to
0: just be able to just handle that bombardment. Give us right. a starter yeah. kit. Yeah. Starter, starter kit. kit
2: yeah. <laughs> so one way is, and this kind of goes back to the, the kind of the mindfulness piece, mm-hmm. is focusing on your breath. Okay. Because the breath allows you to connect with your body. Mm. And one of the things that we oftentimes ignore is our bodies. Yeah. You know, if we forget we have bodies um, before we're too late. And yeah. you know, what I mean by that is like there's we're injured and something wrong with them and then we have to address it in some way. So mm-hmm. uh, breathing, yeah. I think, is is the, probably the number one thing that you can do. Um, take deep breaths. Yeah. Uh, and then when you are sitting with that time, being able to focus on your breath. Yeah. And what it's like for you to breathe the air in through your nostrils, what it feels like to inflate your lungs,
0: mm-hmm.
2: hold it, and then release it. Mm-hmm. What's it like for it to go through You know, your mouth, or your nose, or however you're exhaling it, it's your choice. No, yeah. and just notice that. And if you're not, if your mind starts to wander, that's fine. Yeah. you can always return to the breath. Yeah.
0: Now it's interesting that you mentioned that because when we defined the soul earlier today, you know, we talked about the psyche and the breathing in. Right. So the soul encompasses that. So well, we're gonna end here, Jesse. <laughs> is this is your
2: part. Sadly,
1: we have to come to an end, but I want you to know that I just did that.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: breathe in and let it go and i focused on that and it felt really good
2: yeah i mean i I it sounds silly i know but i challenge folks right to you know in their life uh when they find themselves in a situation uh that's that's difficult breathe breathe
1: that's and see how it changes Mm.
2: and if it hasn't changed breathe again yes
1: (laughs) and that's the perfect way to end yes Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate you, Brian. We really do for being with us. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank Thanks you. for
2: being. Here. It's been a yes. pleasure. You'll be it's back. Awesome. Well, yes, you'll, we're definitely going to have you back.
1: If you haven't checked us out on our social media outlets, please do and subscribe and like our stuff. And also don't forget to check us out on our website, asoulsquest.com. See you next time.
0: Bye, soul questers.